Welcome to the Information Entry Podcast, where Tom and I bring you the perfect blend of science and comedy and get ready to laugh, learn, and be entertained as we explore the f- fascinating world of science and technology. Strong you can tell it's the first one back. Starts. Yeah, I even like had like a dramatic pause there for a second. <laughs> the fascinating world of science and technology. Every episode is packed with intriguing information, hilarious jokes, and relatable anecdotes. So, don't be a stranger. Join Tom and myself as we navigate the ever-changing landscape of science one bite at a time. And remember, knowledge is power, so be sure to tune in and subscribe for every new episode every week on a Thursday or a Friday, as in this case, or a Saturday. We don't know. (laughs) It's a Saturday on this case. I mean... Busy times. <laughs> things happen. I things, apologize. You can blame Tom's, me. Yeah, Tom's doing sciencey things that I'm sure we'll come on to in a bit. Uh important sciencey things. But if you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Spotify, that'd be great. You can follow us on Twitter at info entropy pod, Instagram, information entry pod. And on the Twitter front, I've been doing a big campaign once a day posting. Lots I've of noticed, mate. It looks great. Yeah. Yeah, I learned how to schedule tweets over Christmas and then just schedule like two <laughs> months worth. Um, and if you can give us a rating, don't forget to do that. It helps us out a lot. Good, bad, the beautiful, the ugly. Tell us what you think about us and how we can change it for the better. Yeah, uh, we can't improve the info. Yeah, if you hate everything. Well, you know what? What's Constructive that? Um, criticism. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Fly the Conicles song. Where it's like, be more constructive with your criticism. Um, just don't tell me it's bad. Just tell me why it's bad. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So that, that's... I'm Mitchell. Bungled the intro the first of the year. <laughs> I think, like, you start as you mean to go on. Yeah. I mean, people, people know what they're getting now. People yeah, this is, this is... What uh, for get. the returning listeners, welcome back. Hope you had a good holidays, new year, and everything in between. And if you're new, uh, welcome along for the ride. Uh, I That's thought you were going to be say. like, <laughs> if you're a returning listeners, yep, still us, still doing the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> we're still here and haven't gotten any better somehow. You yeah, think, somehow. Yeah, all these years later. You think resting for a few weeks may uh, increase our productivity? Uh, resting. I remember we talked about this before the Christmas break, and I was like, ain't no rest over Christmas. Ain't because, no rest like, for the wicked. Grace and I moved into a new house, start of December. Oh, uh, this is true. Mid December, and then. Christmas happened and we went to her parents Then we came back for a day and then we went to my parents for New Year's and then we got back midweek, started work the next day and had, yeah, oh, just, jeez. You know, relax. like you're meant to enjoy the holiday. I mean, I'm sure you had a lovely time, but travelling yeah. can be stressful. Yeah, so this is, this is also meant to take a conversation some rest that we time. had. Like, I was like, oh, it's going to be good, but it's, it's, you know, it's not, it's not relaxing, is it? Because it's not, it's not my space. I can only like truly relax in my space. Um, Like sleeping on on a bed at my parents' flat uh, that one of the slats gave way on the first Ah, night. Um, And it was like the top one by your head. Like I I accidentally (laughs) put a bit more weight on it. It's one of these like fold out ones, but I have like proper proper slats on that jazz. Just lent on it and it like bent backwards, went and I nearly ate like the metal bar of the top of the frame and then you know weirdly for the rest of the time that i was there struggled to relax on that bed to get to sleep because i was just like if i move i'm going to fall Um, thunk it yeah yeah i I mean i feel that i was also on a camping bed situation 
Um, I guess it just kind of happens when you end up moving away from home and then back for holiday situations. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I feel your pain. Luckily, mine didn't break. Nice. Yeah. So uh, yeah, sorry, mate. Just rub that in. Yeah. <laughs> The other thing, we were there for New Year's. I'm not sure if you've ever been in a Scandinavian slash Nordic country on New Year's. I've not, no. I, can, oh. I, mm, I can't Jesus. imagine if that's like going to be party central, uh, drink your weight in liquor twice. So, uh, not as much, but they're, they're like, fireworks are banned for oh, okay. every, every day of the year, apart from three days over New Year's. I'm pretty sure it's like New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve, even the day after. Right. So, like, when they you're allowed to buy them, they buy they buy them. Yeah. It, it okay. started it started at ten and then went on till two, and can only be what I would imagine the blitz sounded like. It was it oh. was like just ridiculous the amount That's of fireworks they got. Yeah, I I've got videos. I'll 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 even send it to you so you can put a clip in. Yeah. Just the audio, but. We went out and walked on the streets, and I had to put my, my my Pixel Buds in and play some music because it was just ringing through my head. You know, yeah. tinnitus it was awful. Ah, right. But course, like, yeah. add, added on top of that, on. yeah, it was just absolutely ridiculous. And then like Danish fireworks are different. I'm not sure if they just buy them specifically to be different. Um, but English fireworks, I played around with fireworks a lot in my youth. You fire them, they go pretty high up, higher than. Um, like a building, like, like I would say at least seven, eight stories high in the sky, and oh, they go back. Yeah, yeah, they go. I'm not going to do this. Now. <laughs> no, go on, you have it. to now. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh dear! But they go like a good like hundred meters, two hundred meters in the air. Yeah. For some reason, all these like Danish fireworks, they went three stories and they went off. So like. You'd have people firing them on the main streets of Copenhagen, and they wouldn't even be like they wouldn't even clear the top of the root, the houses, right. like the because they're like three, four stories, so they wouldn't even clear it, and they'd go off. So there's just people like firing them down streets, firing at each other. There's like kids playing with these like ones that explode on the floor. Yeah, absolutely crazy. That sounds pretty wild. <laughs> it was. It was wild. It was absolutely. See, wild. I had the completely opposite experience where I think we had about. We heard about three, four fireworks, and that was it. Okay. The entire night. Wow. Which is not what I was expecting. Um, so yeah, that sounds pretty overwhelming, mate. Yeah, For it you, was. It was, it was... Uh, your, your situation. Yeah, and then trying to sleep afterwards was just like you just be you've been laying there, <laughs> like, nodding off at about because my parents have, they've obviously obviously gone through it before, and they're like, I like, just try just try and stay up till two. Because you won't be able to get to sleep at 12. Try and stay up to two, it'll die down and you can knock off. So we did. And then you would like fallen asleep at like half three. And then somebody would like, some absolute idiot, <laughs> I was going to swear, it'd be like, <laughs> absolute boop head, would, would have held on to their, the, the most loud one they could. Uh... And it'd be silent. And then they'd be like, Wee! boom. You're like, oh, just like jump out my skin. Gandalf turning up yeah. with the dragon firework. Uh, essentially. Yeah. And then, you know, I would like jolt and then the bed would creak and then I would think I was going to fall through it. You know, it was just a, a horrible <laughs> series of events. <laughs> That's quite funny, though. <laughs> I mean, it's unfortunate for you, but fairly funny. That's fair. So mm-hmm. lots of traveling and now straight back to work. New house. Yeah, new, new house, new me. 
still, yeah. yeah. Still trying to get like a furniture, like a uh, trusted drawers. Currently, my clothes are on the floor. Um, oh. Yeah, I, I feel that student house, student house accommodation stuff going on. Uh, it is what it is. It is. It is what it, it is. Is what it is. All right. Well, yeah. Welcome back. I um, normally, if you're a new listener, hello, welcome once again. Um, normally, we kind of have a topic that we go through throughout the the episode. Sometimes we'll start with some news of the week, just to uh, that allows us to explore a bit off topic for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, and normally we tangent between things and it takes a long time to get back on track sometimes. Um, so look forward to that. This, uh, week though, we don't really have such a rigid topic as per normal. I think it's more of a welcome back, see what we've seen and see where we end up type deal. Yeah. Um, so with that, have you, have you got anything, if you've noticed anything over the Christmas holidays that's worth kind of mentioning? Since we haven't uh, been on air in the past few weeks, um, I I picked out uh, I can't remember what it was what the, the title I decided to go with. You one second, okay. Um, but essentially it was like oh yeah, the five five record breaking things of twenty uh, in science. This is uh, discoveries in twenty twenty two. So okay. looking back to last year, we've not we now can do. You know, greatest things we found, biggest things because the, the you know, there's those of like things online that are like, oh, biggest things of 2023, or we were halfway through 2022, and they're like, oh, biggest things of 2022, and it always bugs me because you know, yeah, ain't yet finished yet. So we've now got the the biggest, best five record breaking science discoveries of 2022. So I've got nice. some of those to go okay, through. Okay, yeah, go for it. Hit, hit us with uh, a couple. I can do all of them, mate. I'm just a yeah, go, sorry. Oh, I was just said all, to go through. Five. So I thought, I thought we may sprinkle them throughout the episode. Okay, yeah, go for it. All right, I'll go five, five, five. See what you see. What we, how you feel about them? Uh, the earliest surgery. Uh, what do you mean by earliest? What's going on there? Not like in the morning, like, like five past twelve. Okay, like, it's an early surgery. Um, but the first <laughs> known surgical operation uh, was a leg amputation. And they it was uh, found uh, after some research was some researchers found a skeleton of a person that lived on the Indonesian islands of Borneo around thirty one thousand years ago. Really? Yeah. So there's a give it give it a Google. It's worth a Google. There's an image online of and you can see where it's like been fractured and healed. So it was fractured, they amputated, or is the fracture then caused by that amputation? Um, one of them has got a fracture, so they must have fallen off something. But then the okay. other one is clearly like it's been cut off and then healed. Okay. Yeah. Um, the the lower left leg had been removed, suggests the individual survived for years after the procedure. Uh, the discovery pushes surgery origin back by something like... 20,000 years. That's pretty wild. I wonder how many times it was like attempted and they were just like, you know, mate, this is like a 30% chance of survival, <laughs> but we're going to go for it anyway. Yeah. Because like... they actually would back then, right? Either 100% you're going to die, 30% you stay alive, but we're taking your leg. Yeah. And then even if, you know, once we've taken your leg, you, you ain't hunting anymore. You're not being a hunter-gatherer. 
you are going to be shaming. Maybe a gatherer, you're be... but it's one apple at a time. <laughs> <laughs> going from stump to stump. Wait, hey. right. Uh... <laughs> Welcome the... back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How much do right? It's been it's been a couple of weeks. Uh, the biggest single single uh, you know single celled bacterium discovered. Oh, I remember something. I remember you mentioning this. Yeah, maybe like actually when it when it happened. Uh, so bacteria normally dwell in the microscopic world, but not the Theomargarita magnifica. <laughs> Sounds like great on a pizza. It does. Uh, yeah. Well, it's averaging. It averages at about a centimeter long. Theo and it's actually visible to Magnifica. <laughs> yeah, and it's actually visible to the naked eye. Oh, it's uh, like a long tube thing. Yeah. It, oh, um... okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For anyone yeah, like yeah. wondering, it looks like you've dropped a straw. Yeah. In some water. Uh, uh, that, that's it. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it lives in the mangrove forests of the Caribbean Lesser Antilles. Uh, it's about 50 times larger than any other species of big bacteria and around 5,000 times larger than any typical bacteria. Um, they still don't know why this specific species has evolved to be so giant. Maybe it's they the same as the whales. 50 times bigger than any other known bacteria. Yeah. And they... oh, no, any other any other species of big bacteria. It says this is from the article in Nature, 50 times bigger than any other known bacteria. Just any not... bacteria blanket. No. no, that's not right. That's just what nature's saying, mate. Nature's wrong, mate. Wow. Well, why is why is nature wrong? Sorry. I, I uh, missed something. Because that's not. I've read the. I've got the the actual thingy they wrote. Okay. So it's it's fifty times bigger than any other species of large bacteria. So and, that and you'd assume right. large bacteria are bigger than other bacteria. Yeah, and five is five thousand so, times larger than normal typical bacteria. Uh, okay, I think this is just a blanket statement. It's fifty times bigger than any other bacteria blanket. Yeah, which is semi-correct. Okay, I see what you mean. I, I yeah. get you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it mm-hmm. looks pretty weird. Um, yeah, but fair. Strong, like, uh, there's a photo as well you can find online um, that's got it next to like a coin. So, yes. coin for scale. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows the best scale there is to be had. Yeah, stick a coin next to anything. Normally, it's banana on the internet. Oh yeah, banana. the banana image is a. Uh, is strong with this one, yeah. And we all, all right. know that, you know, we, we all know that images just the offshoots of uh Reddit, so true. Just don't say it too loud, <laughs> just don't say <laughs> a room of people that go on imager. Yeah. Um, the fastest supercomputer, as well. This is a uh, one of the record breaking ones. Do they we have like a race? This. Uh, yeah, well, well, if people just fired them out of cannons. <laughs> really and as how fast could you get like a, a rail gun shot a really small computer pull uh, <laughs> no uh, it's a supercomputer named Frontier Weird oh that's very that. appropriate isn't yeah. it yeah and it managed to do some algorithms and crunch some numbers at a mind blowing speed of 1.1 quintillion operations per second um this is is that one of those numbers that's impossible to even try and comprehend yeah, let me get my my scientific my SI units because it How goes. How many bananas is that? Um, uh, 
It's to the, it's to the 18 bananas. Uh, okay. To the power um, of 18, right. Oh yeah, 1,000 to the power of 18. So 10 to the 18, uh, which essentially is you've got uh, 1 million, 1 billion, 1 trillion, quadrillion, and then a quintillion. That's pretty intense. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, At that point, like, how do you even measure that? Do you, do you just trust it's counting correctly? At which point uh, it could just be lying to you. Well, I guess you would just, when you get to those scales, you just do really complex maths. Because then yeah. it would be like, oh, the, it took a second to run like this record-breaking equation or something. You would just be like, what's one plus one? Oh, it managed <laughs> to do it in 0.000001 to the 20th. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, unless it's stepped equations. So you know where it should arrive in a certain number of steps. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Uh, it's it was it's been called, and this is this is a bit because when we covered this back in uh, back in last year, there was actually some argument about if this was the first, but the first uh, exascale computer, and that means it's a computer that can perform at least one thousand and eighteen operations per second. Um, okay. So yeah. Has that debate been quashed? then now? no because it's still uh china says that it, it did it ages ago but then uh, they're like right. okay prove it where's your working and they're like <laughs> we're not giving the west any of our details yeah um so, okay yes. classic china yeah okay um but along with ai this coming year i think exascale computing is expected to be like one of the leading things for um like simulations Oh, 100%. Imagine like you had a large language model, for example, yeah. ChatGPT or something like that, and you could train it so, so, so much quicker with computers doing those kinds of calculations, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And you could like chain it, train it to a very sufficient amount so quickly in, let's say, I don't know, an hour compared to six months or a year. Mm-hmm. Right, and then immediately you're testing it at a very decent level. It's going to completely propel forward the whole AI kind of field, I reckon. And then yeah. AI is just going to filter into everything as it's probably going to do anyway. <laughs> it already is. Already yeah. is. Already is. Which is fine. Yeah. fine. Fine with it. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, it's even coming into my field quite a bit. Yeah. Quite a few uh, talks at the conference this year on uh, AI classification in uh, marine mammal work. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So it's making its way here. And I know a few people working on that kind of stuff. Very incredibly interesting. And I wonder how much it will be developed in such a niche field. Um, Yeah. Because we normally receive these things a bit later. It's... The uh, because it's uh, what's it? People doing hand hand in. It's a hand in time for UK universities or some big sort of piece what of now. You do over Christmas, yeah. This I remember um, doing assignments over Christmas. Not really, mate. You're not doing uh, doctor, mate. You're not. You're not. No, but I'm, I'm speaking I'm in general. Really in my kind of experience, you'd go for exams now. Oh, so right. you, you'd come at, you'd have January exams. And then uh, hand in start a bit later than that. So oh, here, really. term doesn't start yeah. again until next week. Yeah. Um, but on the forums, on the subreddits, 
yeah. there have been like the the marking uh like turn it in which is the plays and tracker yeah people have started to get feedback like yeah you definitely used ai for this and we can oh, prove really? it um so you need to come in for like plagiarism uh and going because this code is something of the university. we exactly spoke about isn't it yeah like, and we were wondering how is this going to turn out and so maybe we're seeing we're seeing that already yeah uh and it is it's happening and one post was like <laughs> what do i do uh it cost me thirty thousand pounds to be at the university and this was a master's student bloody um, hell well what who, you do what you do is you don't just plagiarize something you didn't write yeah well essentially yeah and then and it was just like i don't know how they found out um bloody hell i, I was having that exact conversation a couple of hours ago um with people um, yeah from the student side of things and I think we kind of came to the conclusion that it's a very powerful tool to give you a starting point or to help you with complex things tailored to your specific needs. It's almost like having a tutor there who tells you yes. exactly what you need to know. Yeah, yeah. So there's, it's a powerful there's... tool rather than something you should actually be using. Yeah. Uh, also, it's good for like just checking your work. If you put something that you've written... You just throw it in there. It can actually be used to be like, does this make sense? Is this grammatically correct? Yeah. It'll give, it'll, it'll give you, it won't change it, but it'll give you like points back to be like, yeah, this makes sense. Or no, you could like, this, this could is, be clearer. This, this is a passive voice. Okay, yeah. Grammarly can do one. <laughs> and one of the good things to do is if you're trying to have like a specific narrative in your work and you put it in there and you say, can you give me 10 bullet points? of the most important takeaways, right? Yeah. And it will give you 10 bullet points. And if those bullet points aren't what you want them to be, you you, you know that you need to go back in there and change them. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To 100%. see if your narrative follows actually what it is. Because a lot of the time you can take your work to someone else, um, but they always don't have the time to check it properly or you don't want to be a bother. Yeah. But having something like that that's going to go through it, let's say, objectively... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a useful <laughs> thing. In big brackets. Yeah. Objectively. Uh, this is really interesting because I was just browsing through Nature's um, latest uh, publications. And this came out yesterday, hot off the press. This is from Nature News, so it isn't a fully published yeah. uh, article or anything. Um, an artificial intelligence chatbot, ChatGPT, um, has written such convincing fake research paper abstracts that scientists are often unable to spot them. Mm-hmm. According to a preprint posted in the BioRxiv server in late December, research is divided over the implications. Um, Sandra Watcher, who studies technology and regulation at the University of Oxford in the UK, has said that she is very worried, even though she wasn't involved in the research, if we're now in a situation where the experts are not able to determine what's true or not, we lose the middleman that we desperately need to guide us through complicated topics. So, I don't know how um, Turnitin is figuring it out. They're probably using Google's similar software, right? Um, yeah. So how then <laughs> are li- the literal experts at publishing companies uh, missing this kind of thing? Hey, man, That's I've, got, I've, got, I've got I've got I've got an idea. I've got an idea. Let me just um <clears throat> open up chat GBT. So okay. We're we'll running an experiment live. Uh live was the, the following written uh by an AI. 
quotation marks, print position marks. Yes, the text provided appears to be written by the AI using GPT-3 like language model. It was generic. It has a generic formulaic language that lacks the touch of human creativity personalization. So that's how you could you could know you can download. You, you could, could literally you take, take it API to, to Chat GPT and just ask it. Yeah, that's interesting. And I mean, this is something that you touched upon before, slightly before Christmas, when you were like, you can hand in work. But as soon as you just hand in, you know, AI work, your teacher, let's say, if you're at a lower level, will just immediately recognize that's not your writing style, right? Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, but something at a higher level, like turn it in, where the software actually removes any trace of it being your work. Yes. So that the marker the, doesn't yeah, know. Biases, bias remover. Exactly. So it may be a bit more difficult at a higher level to actually understand whether your kind of way of writing is suddenly changed. Yeah. Because you won't be looking at the name and going, okay, this is what I expect. You'll just get the, the text itself. And I think the, the worrying thing is chat GPT-4 is meant to come out in the next few months, I think. Yeah, that, that and absolutely The people <laughs> who have used that have said chat GPT-3 is like a baby compared to chat gpt4 so that's the what i'm expecting is going to absolutely blow everything away and i reckon yeah, that's like, what, that'll like be the paid five thousand times better uh which is crazy yeah i don't know what that what that means <clears throat> no in terms of like how do you even quantify that? like I, I guess it's the the smart is it people how well using it, it responds or is it how like much more in depth the large language model is yeah Maybe it's more up to date. It's got like 2022 information on it. Oh, that as well. Yeah, that could be a thing. Yeah, so I've I've chucked a three a few uh take outs from like pieces of work, like written literature, and it's just like, no, that's not one. And then I've put pre-created and it's like, yeah, that's so it's it's hit hundred percent. Okay. So it knows. It knows. It knows. Mate, you you could easily make a paper out of that. In nature, of all things, if they're, if they're worried about it, just submit that to them tomorrow and uh, you'll be famous in no time. Yeah, just like, why is everyone so scared of AI? Just use AI to find AI. Yeah, and this is, this is the whole thing <laughs> when new it, technology right? comes out. It's 100%. And I'm not saying it's boomers. I'm not going to put the like the fear mongering on them. But everyone is always like, yeah, but what about this new technology? It's going to like blow everything out of the water. Like um, quantum, like, not hacking. Computing. Uh, but decrypting oh, of, like, decryption. They, decry I, like, I did decryption. see that. Yeah. And everyone's just like, ah, quantum decryption. It's like, yeah, but quantum encryption exists. True, but it's like, all about access. So for people who haven't uh, caught on to the, the piece of news that came out, I think it was over Christmas, um, or the, the holiday season anyway. Basically, mm -hmm. uh, someone came out with an article or a, a publication where they said, the increasing use of quantum computing allows for pretty much instant decryption of any current technology that we have. It's not wrong. Um, which is not wrong, but it means pretty much if anyone who has a quantum computer can access literally anything they want. Yeah. Um, but the problem is that at that point, I suppose, is who has access to the quantum computers. And when yeah. you're right, I mean, you're right. Like in the future, you know, more people will have access to quantum computing or anything like that. 
mm-hmm. but on the same scale, quantum encryption will exist then. Yeah, I just like when, when it's, when it's widespread, away, like that is for you know, will governments take that up first? Yeah, like you, like, you know what I mean? there's there's also governments encryption settings are way higher than what we're publicly allowed to use. Like yeah. in the UK, we're only allowed to go to two five six encryption. Oh, yes, two five six, and that's the amount of. Like, I have no idea that was even regulated. Yeah, yeah, you're not supposed to go above. I have definitely not written a piece of thing that can go above. But yeah, uh, you can easily do it because you know other countries don't have the same uh, things in oh, place. Okay. Um, because you gotta, it's ridiculous. You have to, the, the the government and the police need to be able to crack into things, and if you make it too difficult for them, you go to jail. Uh, if you don't. But that's the same thing with like if you don't uh, give the police a password or don't decrypt something that they ask you to that they think's got evidence on, you just get two years in jail. Come on, mate. Uh, there was a big yeah. case where they suspected a, a paedophile had loads of images on a hard drive, and they were like, "We can't decrypt this because we think that you've got a, like an auto deleter on it," which just means that if you fail, it just wipes it um, uh, okay. in a really aggressive manner. <laughs> uh, and there's there's actually ways that you can do wiping of drives at a government level, because um, it's not just like you don't just like click delete. You have to overwrite everything with zeros and ones, okay, bytes that kind of stuff. Uh, and he just went, "No, I'll take the two years." You oh. like, okay, cool. Uh, and that's what they had to like do him on. They couldn't actually do him on. Um, like charges of having indecent photos, they just did it on the like computer misuse act. Oh, because they literally could not get in. Yeah, that's wild. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing where you can get in trouble. Like there's certain countries that you go to that if you have your phone, they can ask you to like, unlock it and to show you bits of things on it. And if you just yeah. say like no, you're going to jail. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you <laughs> different can go rules. Hide. But this is this is one of those ridiculous things. Like most people on day to day don't use encryption. Encryption is used for them on their behalf by a yeah, company or sure. organization or at a high, super high level that like the internet uses. I'm not going through and being like, okay, let me try to like set up my private key. Here's my public key. Uh, like the key authority has got it. So if anybody wants to see my image or my messages that i'm sending to them they can go get from there the the key authority will be like okay we have got a quantum uh, encryption section that we're working on they would have been working on this for years um that is ready for it so when there is that leap to that stage they'll just be like okay we'll just flick a switch yeah fair i mean what else do you do at that point right (laughs) yeah pry Lord burns. <laughs> we'll just sit there and cry collectively yeah, as, uh, as a race. Yeah, that's da- Download some local video games. Don't connect your computer to the internet. Just, just chill out. Blockbuster will return. Yeah, you know. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, something that I saw come out um the other day that caused a little bit of a stir for people within the uh, active science and research community, which is quite funny. Um, so a guy called Max Kozlov released an opinion article in Nature. So take that as you will <laughs> anyway, right? Is that like is is that section like the... Oh, I was trying to remember what 
one of those like glam mags are called like go <laughs> you know when you write into deirdre because you've got problems going on and she gives yeah. you advice yeah right imagine no one asked for that advice <laughs> that's <laughs> that's the nature opinion section right <laughs> uh no they do valuable work I, i'm chatting to you but um Sometimes it can be like that. Anyway, right. The title is Disruptive Science Has Declined, Even As Papers Proliferate. Basically, what he's positing here is that the number of disruptive papers, i.e. papers that make big, groundbreaking changes, are declining. Okay. So groundbreaking science is becoming more and more of a rarity. And uh, I think it was my housemate who told me on this. So citation where it's needed um basically what they did was they looked at the number of times a paper was cited because they would go into a topic and they looked at millions and millions of papers so that you know they have quite a a large amount of data set and basically all the times a paper was cited if a groundbreaking piece of research came out you'd expect all those old papers to stop being cited and just that new one being cited because it has a higher impact right yeah um, so what they found is that the number of these new papers being cited, where all the ones behind it stopped being cited, has decreased dramatically in recent years. Um, but that could just be because, you know, the ratio of new papers being produced has grown exponentially even in the past 20 years. Okay, yeah. So this started just before the year 2000. Coincidentally... Mm-hmm with i'm pretty sure i there's not the exact timeline here but i'm pretty sure with the onset of the internet okay um, which they don't seem to mention in this paper but would make a lot of sense like you know you suddenly got the internet access to everything from around the world um so of course things are getting cited better like do you know what i mean like knowledge is spreading and the amount of papers being released has grown exponentially so proportionally it seems like there's less groundbreaking science going on Mm -hmm. Um, yeah so that's the thing that stirred people up yeah that's like the whole like just you know going on adventures and discovering new things like yeah when the internet happens it was less of a after yeah. the exploratory age came and went and we've explored everything on the surface i'll put, I'll put that in brackets on the surface <laughs> um yeah obviously they, they must have thought the same thing you'd imagine so right yeah crazy stuff crazy um, have you finished your five um let me get back to my page my one yeah. note plug one note because it's saved my, my bacon many a time where do we get to super no no okay cool uh the largest fish colony okay a marine bit of here for you yeah thank you oh deep deep off the coast of antarctica i we actually talked about this before ice fish congregate uh in a, <laughs> in a breeding colony as big as uh, orlando florida six That's a big fish million nests of Jonah icefish with the Latin name Neopagetopsis Jonah uh, stretch across at least 240 square kilometers of seafloor yeah 
which is not a small amount. No, and pre- previously they only thought it was like the nest building species like gathered in the hundreds. But apparently with like an abundant food supply and access to a zone of unusually warm water. Yay, global warming. Um, it, that, this that came out exactly reason. a year ago today. So, uh, it? At least it did it in The Guardian. Oh, well, the actual, the, the, the paper was released on the 2nd of the 12th. <gasps> oh, okay. Well, the 12th of the 2nd is an American paper. So that would have been the, yeah, 12th of the 2nd of yeah. February. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, these are pretty small fish, by the way. They're not like massive yeah, fish no, that need a lot of um, space between fish. them. So th- I think that's even more impressive. Yeah. No, it is a fish. The ecosystem was found by accident. Yeah. That's pretty uh, wild, isn't it? Is that the one where they, they uh, used the sharks? We talked about it before. No, that was seagrass with the sharks. Ah, yeah, that was the sheets. That was, that was the, the seagrass, and they found how much um, the seagrass range expanded way beyond what they thought. This was, they were using ocean floor observation and bathymetry system, which is basically just a large towed camera device. Yeah. Imagine, like, just towing a camera across the sea floor, going, oh, well, we just want to see what the rocks look like, and then pulling it up an hour later and go, oh, there's there's a lot of fish down there. <laughs> <laughs> Just getting there. As someone get the fishing rods. Someone, someone get the fishing rods. <laughs> oh bloody hell! There's a lot of that going on down there already. What in the Antarctica? Yeah, like the Patagonian ice fishing industry. Is that is that a lot? Is that a large industry? Um, considering they're pretty endangered, I think so. What the Patagonians? The Patagonian ice fish. Oh, okay. Um, obviously they come from South America. Yeah. I think the range extends down into Antarctica. Okay. Patagonian Sounds. ice fish range. Let's have a look. Oh, recipe came up first. So obviously... <laughs> uh... <laughs> <laughs> you want to get on it? Oh, Patagonian better. toothfish, sorry. I'm, I'm an idiot. Distribution and habitat. Um, Southern Ocean, Southwest and Pacific. Oh, and down to South Georgia. So sub-Antarctic region, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, big industry, I think. Big industry. Big industry. All right. Is that it? No, not it. We not got it. More. Yes. Um, the closest black hole as well. This is... Oh, I do remember this, I think. Yeah. Go on. So yes. some astrophysicists who are spending their... Spare time, sifting through data released by the Gaia spacecraft, discovered a black hole that's just over 1,560 light years away from Earth. Pretty much in the next neighborhood. Um, dubbed the Gaia BH1, is about twice as close as previously nearest known black hole. Um, but it may not stand. The record, that is. Okay. Uh, about... 100 million black holes are predicted to exist in the Milky Way and, you know, you can't see them because they're invisible. Oh, it's just kind of like a matter of time until yeah, it's like a, one that's pretty close. Yeah, it's like a, in quotations. <laughs> they're, they're, they're sneaky buggers, so we could find one that when uh, Gaia releases its next batch of data in the next few years, we may find another one. Okay. You know how there's those, like, really terrifying rogue black holes? Yeah. And how we're moving through space pretty bloody quickly. Yeah. 
Well, how close do you reckon one of them's come? Oof. Hopefully not too close. Or is it so unlikely considering how big the universe is? Well, I think, I think not yeah, I, th- I think that's that's probably more likely. I guess if they came through, it would just kind of tear everything up suddenly. Yeah, we, we it wouldn't be like a, it. it wouldn't be like a, oh uh, no, it'd be like a dead. Everything's yeah. dead. That's fair. fair oh, you've got to ask these questions. You never know. You never know. Absolutely not. Spaghetti, spaghettification, that's it. No, maybe that's just happening. You know, they, they said you wouldn't know if it really happened. So Yeah. Like, it wouldn't be like if you could experience time, it would feel like it lasts forever. Would you be, like, stuck in the same moment then? <sighs> if your brain was conscious, I guess... Or would, like, the bottom half of you being sucked away and the top half of you is conscious? Like, just carrying on with things? Or maybe the other way around if you go in head first? That'd be awful, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd be pretty tragic. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's awful. I'm just, like, imagine, like, being sat here <laughs> recording and then for the rest of time I've got to stare at a computer without, like, the uh, audacity, like, ticker moving. Just stuck on a single time for the rest of consciousness it would just it would just look like it was slowing down surely as you, oh, that as we, would be as, weird as we're getting closer to the middle of the hole yeah that's odd yeah what do you think about physics man <laughs> what are they doing out there uh, do you know what that would be great on a t-shirt just like physics man <laughs> like, physics on. man physics what are they man. doing yeah calm it down fair all right yeah, that's, that's it for my five. Oh, that's oh, it. Top five, cool. yeah. Cool. Um, I'd like to stick on the space theme for a little bit. Oh, go for it. I I'm think always, one always. of the biggest kind of enjoyments in science for me outside of, you know, my work and research space was the James Webb Space Telescope, mm-hmm. especially of 2022. That was just mind-blowing stuff, like week after week, a consistent contender for the new spot. Um. But it has popped up again as a consistent contender for the new spot as uh, the James Webb Space Telescope confirms its first exoplanet. Uh, Is it called the Green Pea? Um, I don't know. <laughs> what, do mean, what do you mean you don't know? I mean, I don't know. It was. Uh, oh, I think I saw something about this. It said something about... Uh, the great fact that te- the James Webb Telescope found the Green Pea galaxies in the, in the early universe. Or is that something different? Uh, that's galaxies. Yeah, I was thinking that did not ring a bell. Um, okay. But I, oh. I, uh, that's the galaxies, yeah. So that's when it looked, I think that was not too long ago, and it looked back further than any telescope had ever looked back before, looking yeah. at the, the galaxies furthest away. So this uh, research or was published by NASA two days ago, three, two if you're days. listening to this on the first day. January uh, the 11th. Researchers confirmed an exoplanet, a planet that orbits another star, using NASA's James Webb Space Telescope for the very first time. Formerly classified as LHS 475b, again, physicists, physicists, what are you doing? Get on the the naming system. Um, The planet is almost exactly the same size as Earth, clocking in at 99% of Earth's diameter, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a pretty exciting thing going on, really. It looks like the 
atmosphere. Uh, so the Webb uh, telescope did not disturb any detectable quantity of any element or molecule. I think just because of how far away it is. Mm-hmm. But the data are consistent with featureless spectrum representatives of a planet that has no atmosphere. Um, the and uh, it does have quite a bit of carbon dioxide going on though, which is interesting, and um, a little bit of methane as well. But basically, what they can do is, as an exoplanet crosses in front of its home star, is the light or changes as it passes around the planet mm-hmm. so by looking at how the light changes you can run basically what's called uh spectrum analysis and by looking how the light is different you can kind of go okay well that substance molecule is refracting the light in a certain way so there must be oxygen <coughs> in the atmosphere or methane or carbon dioxide or maybe it doesn't have one which is pretty wild kind of science going on there it for me anyway i mean it's just kind of mad that that's a thing <laughs> yeah well when things are so far away those clever those clever pesky scientists have to work out ways of analyzing them yeah i mean fair play to them like mm-hmm. I, I would never have thought of that yeah they also do the same thing not just planets but galaxies as a whole also black holes because that's there was like two stars that were going around each other and they worked out there was actually they weren't going around each other they were going around a black hole Oh, really? Yeah, they thought they were, what they called? When they're like solo? Like a dual orbit. Yeah. Locked in a... binary system. A dance of death. Um, But it wasn't actually, they were actually spinning around, not each other, uh, but like getting close together, but actually a black hole. Which I'm not sure of is worse, to be honest. (laughs) If I I was in the situation of being in in one of those galaxies, being like, oh, that's fine, we'll just crash into that one. Or, oh dear lord, we're being sucked in. Well, I guess they're in a stable orbit, right? It'd be pretty unlikely that we're looking at that just as, you know, the moment that they're they're stable. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd imagine uh, pretty, pretty terrifying, though. Because that, is that black hole then orbiting a star as well? Uh, well every- or have those planets just been abducted by a black hole and then sent through space? Oh, maybe. That'd be, that'd that's be more pretty tragic. Yeah. Like a, a boomerang that's not coming back. <laughs> just perpetually gone. Um, because that would be absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Jeez. Scary. Scary, Scary stuff to think about. Um. Indeed. So yeah, exoplanets pretty heavy point of research in terms of just studying how planets form. Mm-hmm. Um. Potential life. Uh. Capsules. So I don't think that's the word I meant, but points of exist life existing in in the in the unknown universe. Yeah, and I guess also points of where we can travel to when we inevitably fuck this planet up. I believe in us. Sad times, yeah. <laughs> I believe. I believe. I mean, we got it, haven't we? Yeah. Otherwise, we're doomed. We are doomed. All right. Um, have you got anything else going on there? <laughs> well, written down. Hell no. He said yeah. to come into this pretty pretty chill. And I, I yeah, have. This is a pretty chill episode. Um, yeah. Have you heard or... I discovered this thing. Um, have you heard of Vsauce? The YouTube channel? The science YouTube channel? Yeah, Michael, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that guy. He's um He's been a bit low on the whole YouTube production in the past few years, but he's just gone on to TikTok. Yeah. So if you, you need your Vsauce fix, firstly, TikTok. Secondly, he turned me on to... Wick Enigma, 
Have you heard of this? No. So you know how Wikipedia has everything on it that we know about. It's basically a resource of knowledge. Right. Right. Wikinigma.com or .org.uk, wherever you're accessing it from, is the complete opposite. It basically is houses, uh, as of yet, 948 pages of things we know about, but we have no idea how they function. Okay. It's kind of like a library of things that need to be discovered. Ah, okay. And it's just like... And they've got a random article page that you can click on. Um, So if I click on that now, what comes up? Super plumes. In the mid-1980s, seismologists analysing recordings of reflections of seismic waves in the Earth's crust found anomalies which suggest the existence of two supersized plumes of semi-molten material in the Earth's crust. Um... And then it goes on to explain how subsequent uh, measurements have confirmed these. Um, however, we have no idea what they are, where they are, or why they are. Or oh. really what's happening down there. Um, so it's kind of like, okay, we know on the surface level something is going on that's funky, but we have no idea anything else about it. And it's just a whole website dedicated to that, really. Mm-hmm. Um, which is quite interesting. If you ever need like, a quick read. I wonder if it's got the the PNP problem. The PNP, what's that? Um, it's the P versus NP problem. Uh, it's a major unsolved theoretical computer science issue. Okay. It's. It asks whether every problem whose solution can be quickly verified can also be quickly solved. Right. And. I think I think the, the, the issue is they, they can't do it yet. Or they don't know how to. Okay. But, oh, it's, but it's, it's, it's to do with like computer modeling, right? Yeah. It's 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 like really difficult um computational complexity theory where it, it, even explaining what the problem is, <laughs> it will take us probably a, a whole episode. Um, okay, well, we can come back to that at some point. Yeah. It's essentially, there's like a Venn diagram or like hoops that like, if you can solve P and you can verify it, can you solve it and verify it quickly? And it's the speed in which you can do both. And it's unknown because that can just uh, go on forever, really. They don't, they don't know how to Oh, I do see. It. They just yeah. don't know how to even model or solve that. Right. Yeah. But I've got it. I've got it. And explain like I'm five. So you ready for this, Tom? I'm ready. Yeah. Okay. So imagine you have a big box full of blocks and you want to know if there's a certain special block in there. One way to do it is to take out each block and look at each one, one by one, um, to to find that special block. Uh, This is the the P problem uh, where you can solve it quickly if you just go through all the blocks. But what if you can't look at all the blocks one by one? And instead, you could only ask someone to tell you if a special block is in the box or not. This is the NP problem, where you can you can't quickly solve it uh, without checking all the blocks. The P versus NP P versus NP problem is about trying to figure out if there's a way to solve the NP problem just as quickly as the P problem without having to check all the blocks one by one. Oh, okay, I see. So because if you can do the NP 
as quick as the P, it means that you can go straight to the answer. You don't have to go through every iteration of said answer that okay. you're trying to look for. It becomes less probabilistic of you just kind of happening to pick up the right block rather or than just kind of no, instantly it's, it's, skip through, you know. Yeah, you, it's not like probability. It's just you, you know which is the right one and you can pick it up. Because if you can do that, so there's, there's loads of algorithms in, in like computer science that it's like, okay, we'll go through every iteration until we find the right one. Whereas if you didn't have to do that and you could just go, oh no, this is the right one. <laughs> we've, we've got the map, we've got the computer to know that this is the right one. It didn't have to go through each one. Um, then that's a whole different issue. Because there's there's even more like hacking that's stuff. That's pretty wild. That's got that's got to have some freaky kind of maths modeling. Is, is that even possible with some things? This is why it's like it's, yeah. a, it's an unsolved problem in theoretical that's computer fair. science. Um, it's yeah, it's all to do with time versus difficulty within knowing. Okay. Um, Euler did that's a whole bunch of stuff with it, and he wrote some really good uh, equations. Okay. Cool. Well, maybe we'll circle back to that because that seems really interesting. Mm-hmm. A really nice uh, thought experiment. Yeah. Sounds cool. Good. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna fire up the outro. Oh, you got an outro already. All right. What have you if you reverted back to Chat GPT? Your yeah. Do you want me to do you want to go for the Chat GPT? <laughs> All right. Let's give it a review. And then uh, we we can give our I can give my initial thoughts and then we'll we'll, we'll get some feedback. Okay, <coughs> is everyone ready? Uh, yeah, ready. Strap and your strap your ears in because I'm about to take them on a ride. Has uh, it started? No, not no. That's, no. Uh, okay, no. Oh. Good. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Information Entropy Podcast. We hope that you've had a great time laughing and learning with us. Don't forget to follow us on social media where you can share even more science related content. We have a chance to even interact with us. Uh, we're very open to interacting. We're like caged mice. We just want to you know, interact with anything. Not yeah. to say that with that experiment where they give the mouse cocaine. I was about to say cocaine um, water. And I thought actually outside <laughs> of context, that is probably uh, pretty random. Uh, and if you enjoyed the show, please tell your friends, your families, your colleagues, everything about us. Leave us a rating and a review on your favorite podcast platform we'd love to hear your feedback uh see the show grow so don't be shy uh join us in spreading the science and comedy see you guys next week i feel like it's just very scripted well yeah because it reads like i'm reading a script normally yeah if we did an outro i wouldn't read script we'd just do it yeah just have a bit of fun with it yeah, um, which you know so, I did anyway because the whole cocaine mice really wasn't in a championship. <laughs> so for anyone anyone asking how we how well we tangent, there is a prime example for you. Even on script, we take uh, it to cocaine mice pretty quickly. Um, so one of the mice. things I've been interestingly looking at recently is um, voluntary vocalization, and one of the papers that I've looked at got people to laugh, like mm-hmm. fake laugh, right? And then, and then got people, and then made people laugh, like the same people. And okay. then got yeah. independent blind observers to tell whether those people were fake laughing or whether those people were real laughing. And I think the success rate of determining which was which was about like 90%. So pretty high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which shows that we have a very inherent ability to understand, like, I don't know how much this extends to kind of AI or slightly non human things. But at least like a learnt 
style of vocalization compared to like an innate style mm-hmm. that's like because un- um sorry this learns this extends to vocal learning because your laughter is not learnt right that's just something that happens yeah um you can't control or shape how your laughter happens over time uh but you can with your fake laugh and that's why people have lots of different accents it all comes down to like vocal learning but there are some vocalizations that we don't learn and it comes down to laughing crying and like if you get scared and you kind of like shriek or something like that uh that's also an innate or unlearned vocalization that you can't control how it sounds mm-hmm. um so basically they were looking like can humans tell the difference between unlearned and learned sounds uh, which we seem to be able to do pretty well so i'm wondering like how well does that extend to ai or is the fact that we're so used to hearing scripts from like tv and radio and things like that which sound you know a bit more like that radio definitely less human. I, think, I think less t- less tv because that's the whole being a good actor is reading from a script without making it sound like you're reading from a script um, true but we're from the uk and like saturday night tv is just scripted to shiz I re- is, is it not or is that my perception from early 2000s tv what is that was all really bad acting it's just scripted to out up the wazoo like game shows and things like oh, that oh no that the you're, are you talking like american tv shows that are scripted even even british ones are pretty scripted <laughs> I, I seem to remember but um now you take that back scrappy challenge is a national treasure oh that that is absolutely fa- that was not scripted but if you think about like um Anne and Dick, all of that kind of stuff Anton, oh, hey, but Anton, you know what? I'm probably like being actual Anton what they're saying trash. is scripted. <laughs> People love them, and I don't know why. <laughs> Just, yeah, it's pretty tragic. Yeah. Um, saying that, I would vote for Scrap People Challenge to return uh, rather than reruns on Dave. Oh, I would, yeah, I would as well. Uh, that was quality. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um. Well, yeah. Feel free to absolutely get in touch. Twitter at InfoEntropyPod, Instagram InformationEntropyPod, TikTok also at InfoEntropyPod, and let us know what you think of anything you've heard. Cocaine mice, apparently something we get mice. onto. Yeah. Um, the new outro or AI outro. Yeah. As well as anything you'd like us to, you know, touch on in the next year coming up, and uh, see where that takes us. On a Sick journey. One. On a journey. On a magical science journey. <laughs> that, I don't think those two words go together in the same sentence, so <laughs> I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> yeah, indeed. <laughs> right. Well, it was a pleasure to see all your faces again. And, yeah, especially uh, you. Yeah, you over there. Yeah. Yeah, you, you know who you. we're speaking about. Hiding yeah. behind the covers. Oh, we know you're there. <laughs> yeah. That's like a weird time. Really dark time. Right, <laughs> uh, moving on. I, I, was, I, don't know what, I was there to back you up. But uh, yeah, right, we'll end it there before it gets even worse. Thanks for joining. Catch y'all the next week. Peace. Have a nice.